honestly, when uh, I saw that baby get born, when she, I, I was absolutely stunned with elation. It was like instant fall in love with my daughter. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddie. What's going on, everyone? Art Eddie here for another edition of The Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have Darren McBee. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? <laughs> doing great, Art. Great, 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 man. Good to be here, my bro. Yeah, man. Looking forward to chatting with you about American Gladiators acting, uh, obviously the documentary on ESPN that you were in as well. But like bringing guys like yourself to talk about their fatherhood journey. When you found out you were going to be a dad, what was going through your mind, sir? Wow. You know, it was a little bit scary at, at that moment because my wife and I were going through some tough times at that at that particular moment. She got scared and, and kind of freaked out that she was pregnant. Uh, she didn't think she could get pregnant in the first place. So that was a big surprise for us. So we had to deal with a few things. Honestly, when uh, I saw that baby get born, when she, I was absolutely stunned with elation. It was like instant fall in love with my daughter with the most amazing bonding experience the moment I set eyes on her. It was just incredible. That's awesome, man. I'd love and to hear that. As an actor, someone who you know was in, into with American Gladiators and keeping up with the job physically and mentally and all that stuff, I'm guessing hard work is something that you were looking to instill into your kids. But talk about some of the values you're looking to instill into them as they were growing up. For me, the most important thing was a spiritual value, to be grounded and have a faith in, in God, um, specifically um, the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, Father God and the Holy Spirit. I mean, I think that one of the things that's really lost in America day, today is we lost our, you know, our, our founding father's vision for this whole country, which was God first, family second, and me third. And unfortunately, this has become the me first, myself second, and I third. So uh, it's like the unholy trinity, so to speak. Um, so to me, I wanted to instill uh, the most important thing was spiritual values and family values. So always remember to put your family second to God and then yourself third. And then after that was just to persevere. I mean, whatever your goal were, was, you know, I told my daughters, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be, I'm going to support you. Yeah. And um, as long as you do what you enjoy doing, I believe that's success. Um, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you're doing what you love to do and you're happy and you're making a living at it, then I'm fired up and I'm behind you 150%. Uh, I love that. Yeah, especially support. Like I think no matter what, you you want to make your parents proud, but you also want to feel supported no matter what you do. So I uh, love the, the the fact that you were instilling you know, spirituality. I feel like you know having something to look up to or have some spiritual guidelines is great. And then, of course, like I mentioned earlier, just the idea of having support from your parents is, is you know, one of the best things a kid can feel. Talk to me a little bit about what your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life. Wow, that is a great question, Art. Um, I think a, a lot of what they told me was to learn how to be open and honest. And when I made a mistake and I screwed up with them, just to be, come up to him and say, I'm sorry, you know, please forgive me. Dad made a mistake. Instead of trying to be, you know, the big tough dad, well, I'm always right. You know, they taught me how to humble myself and uh, just come down and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm human. I made a mistake. And uh, try not to make that same mistake again with them. So I think that's probably one of the biggest ones, uh, the biggest takeaways I had from my girls. Oh, that is fantastic. And, you know, you mentioned earlier too about, 
how it's always like me, me, me now in our culture, right? And the idea that, oh, I can never be wrong, right? And especially if you're behind a keyboard typing things away, putting down someone else. And it's like, you know, you're in you're in the fault, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong. But it's like you don't take stock of maybe some of your uh, issues or your faults or your errors and judgment. But the fact that you can teach your kids that and being like, hey, dad's not always perfect. And thank you for, you know, showing me that. And that is such a great thing that you can teach your kids to make this world a better place. Right. No, thank you so much for saying that, Art. I, I honestly really believe what you're saying. And you're right. Just on the heels of what you said about. You know, this society, this me, me, me society, it seems to be so narcissistic. And unfortunately, like you said, it's like people get validation for themselves by putting other people down. Yeah. And it's like, it's heartbreaking for me to see that stuff. So the biggest thing that I have to, to say to that to my girls is that you just never, never look to the negative of somebody. You try and always encourage, you try and always build somebody up and uh, you you lift them up instead of letting them tear you down no matter what. Nice. I love that. And just kind of going with that, because, you know, you definitely sparked my interest in just what's going on right now in, in society and culture and all that. What have your daughters said that maybe they are proud that they have learned from you in the sense of like something that, you know, they're getting they're in the real world, they're doing things. And then the, the certain things they have experienced like, hey, dad, thanks for teaching me this or thanks for you know talking about this with me because it's helped me in life. Yeah, that another great question. I, I think I taught my girls a, a couple of things. One is tough times don't last, tough people do. So we persevere through the challenges of life, but also we're going to fail. And um, as an actor, especially, you know, I fail more times in auditions than I ever succeed. So I teach them to be resilient. And when you fail, I teach them always fail forward, meaning you learn from your mistakes and you grow from the mistakes and then you move on and you fail forward. And each time you may fail, you get a little stronger, a little smarter, a little wiser. And uh, that's that's the lesson I've always you know taught my daughters and always just to be forgiving. That's that's another big one. Nice. Fail forward. I like that. That's very similar to my oldest, who's now in high school. But when we had like orientation when she was in middle school, something that stuck with me from what one of her sixth grade teacher said he said you know i tell this to my kids because like you know we had an open house and all that and got to meet the teachers uh one night in the beginning of the school year that year and he's like you know i tell my kids you know um in the beginning of the of the week of the school i said you know does anybody know what fail stands for and people really didn't you know know what to say and he said fail means first attempt in learning and kind of like <laughs> fail forward it's like you're not going to be perfect showing your kids like you said earlier like you're not perfect it's okay to make mistakes. Now, if you keep on making the same mistakes over and over again, right. then we might have an issue. But the right. idea of failing forward and, you know, first attempt in learning, I think is just kind of speaks volumes of what you can teach your kids. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I love that. I love that analogy and that acronym. That's fantastic, man. And it's just been my motto. And, and like I said, we're going to go through tough times. We're going to have embarrassing times in our life. We're going to have tough times in our life. I mean, I've had so many of them and I just, you know, turn around and tell them, listen, you're going to go through tough stuff. And what happens through tough times is you get tempered, you get stronger in that, you get wiser through that. So anytime I think you go through, like for me, anytime I've gone through super tough times, I feel like that's God's training ground for me to kind of, you know, grow me up, mature me, humble me and move me on so that I can help other people. Nice. Okay. So I appreciate you sharing the lessons that you learned from your kids and also the values you're looking to instill into them. Also too, I know you said your, your life's kind of an open book and you, you don't mind sharing from lessons and 
some tough times if you, you've experienced. I think a lot of dads here, sometimes life has them kind of be the single dad and taking care of their kids and all that. You lost your wife and I'm sorry for uh, your wife's passing, but talk a little bit about how you balanced life and family and I'll obviously took a backseat, you know, your, your career took a backseat to being a dad. Yeah. Um, thank you. I, I appreciate that question because there are a lot of people out there that are, that are really hurting and have gone through some incredibly painful times. And uh, it's true. Um, my wife at 35 years old um, ended up having a, a massive heart attack. She had a blood clot that was in her leg and uh, it uh, got caught up in her lungs and she passed away so suddenly. My, my girls at the time were very young um, and we were literally at the height of my career. I mean, my wife and I were being groomed to go into the WWE at the time and, and be, you know, I was going to kind of be her manager slash wrestler and just all this great stuff was happening. And my acting career was on fire and um, we were just, you know, living happy. I had a great ministry life. I was traveling around preaching and stuff. And um, we just kind of felt like we had our life mapped out for us. Uh, but sometimes, as you know, our things don't go the way we planned and God throws us a big curveball. And so basically I, I was, uh, you know, alone being a Mr. Mom. And so I faced the decision of, you know, am I going to go out and be an actor and uh, continue on, be successful and, you know, have the houses and all that stuff? Or am I going to be a Mr. Mom, a real stay home dad and uh, make my children my life? And so, you know, to me, it was a kind of a no brainer. I mean, of course I love what I was doing. I love acting. It's so much fun. Um, but being a father is probably one of the most important jobs in the world. Um, right, right. I mean, right next to mom, of course, mom is, is amazing, but we didn't have a mom at that time. So I realized if I went off and was an actor, it would be like those girls at their young age, losing their mother and their father. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just couldn't bear having a nanny raise my kids up. So I made that decision and decided to, uh, stay home and raise my girls and, uh, both of them are doing amazing right now. My youngest daughter is married. She just graduated from physical therapy school last Sunday. Nice. I'm super proud of her. Uh, my oldest just had a, a baby girl named Meadow, and they're both doing great. So, to me, uh, it, it was worth it was worth everything that I put down in order to be able to raise my children. Darren, I, I love that answer. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for sharing something obviously that is tough to you know talk about, but you again. Being out there uh, in the forefront, you know, talking and celebrating people who are going through some tough times, and you know, just I can hear the the love and and the uh, you know just the joy you have in your kids, and now like the grandkids. Congrats on that! Congrats on your one of your daughters, you know, graduating school to become a physical therapist and all that. And, uh, and one of the things too is like you always hear people that's on their deathbed. It's like, you never hear them say like, Oh, I wish I spent more time in the office. It's always like, I wish I spent more time with, you know, my family. And you had the hindsight to be like, you know what, what's more important to me, my career or my family. And you chose your family. People might choose career and that's down them, but man, I got to applaud you for taking, uh, you know, stock of your life and seeing what you really, you know, value and what you really care about. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Art. And, and like I said, I, I, I never regretted changing one dirty poopy diaper in my life i was so blessed to have my kids so it was a joy all the way through man nice speaking of poopy diapers what you know i, I love always asking this question what big piece of advice or dad hack would you offer to new dads listening yes um listen to your kids hmm. listen to them and I, I don't mean just bend an ear you really listen to them because 
they will tell you things that if you're not paying attention, you could miss out. And, and so it's super important to really pay attention to them. And also, kids spell love, T-I-M-E, time. You spend time with your kids. That is the number one thing I can tell you that I know across the board. That's what they need. You can give them lip service. You can throw money at them. But I'm telling you what, T-I-M-E is what spells L-O-V-E to your kids. Oh, man, I've never heard that before. That is brilliant. <laughs> I love that, man. I mean, I know I'm talking right now, but I'm speechless. I really enjoy that. Love, you know, is spelled T-I-M-E. That is right. great. Oh, man. Right. Thanks. So good. Thanks for sharing that. I hope my audience takes that, you know, to heart as well. So obviously right now, American Gladiators is back into uh, the forefront in media with different documentaries. Obviously, you're in the ESPN one. You know, right. I, I think no matter what, right? Like we always, you know, as, as much as we're saying like, oh, it's not all about me, me, me. But I feel like when you're growing up, you know, in the 80s and 90s for me, that to me was uh, just like, I love growing up in that era. And, you know, the music was the best and the TV yes. was the best, right? Yes. Each, I think, you know, if you look at it fairly, there's going to be in each decade or each generation, there's going to be shows or music or athletes or whatever the case may be that kind of you know break the mold and is is there for a reason i think american gladiators is that one show that a lot of people now are saying like you know it's kind of the start of reality shows or whatever and you know you see like pros versus joes that's you know that was right. you know influenced by american gladiators but for you like i'm just you know with everybody writing you know this view or that view about american gladiators you and your fellow, you know, teammates and then people who've, you know, competed in that against you guys. What is something that you kind of see maybe right now with this documentary, with articles popping up that what is like the biggest misconception of American gladiators that maybe right now people are are kind of getting wrong just because they're just following with what maybe a few people are saying on social media and they're like, oh yeah, this is, this totally happened on American gladiators. Right. Maybe there isn't one, but is there one glaring one to you? Yeah, I mean, when the guy started talking about steroid use, and, and to be honest with you, what's really a shame when they talk about that, and and yes, there's no doubt some of us use steroids. Um, I did personally. I'm not afraid to shame to say that, but I can't speak for anybody else. But the bottom line was that each and every one of us were high-end athletes before we ever got into that. And so it's not like it, it's projected out there where if you take a steroid, all of a sudden you're this super athlete, you've got this super body. You know, no, I was in the gym six hours a day. I was running six, seven miles a day, training, doing obstacle courses and playing a sport back in the 70s, 80s called racquetball that kept me like super in super shape and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I think that was kind of the misconception that, you know, you got to be a big muscle head and you use steroids and that, and that just makes you this, you know, champion bodybuilder or whatever. And no, there's a lot of hard work, blood, sweat and tears that goes into that. So I think that's one of the big misconceptions, I would say. Awesome. Thank you very much for sharing that and talk a little bit about for you, uh, the audition process, what it was like, because, you know, you mentioned you're an athlete, right? And so a lot of people, there was no show like this, right? So talk a little right. bit about for you, how were the audition process? How'd you come to learn about what was going on with American mm -hmm. Gladiator? Yeah, that's kind of a cool story, Art, because I was uh, literally sitting in the gym riding on a life cycle. And this this guy sitting next to me, he's a buddy of mine, and he's reading this trade magazine, Variety Magazine. And he goes, hey, Darren, you got to check this out. And I go, what? And he goes, they got these auditions for this show and it's called American Gladiators. And I said, well, I, I never heard of that. And he goes, that's because it's a brand new show and they're <laughs> looking for larger than life guys. And one of them says they need this guy that's like a surfer dude. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got long blonde hair at the time. And I'm saying I can so pull that 
you know, I pulled from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Foley, who was like the total surfer burnout. I'm going, okay, I'm ripping that guy off and I'm going to play that character. And uh, so, yeah, I went in. The first thing I did was a physical agility test and uh, was running an obstacle course of how many uh, pull-ups you could do in 30 seconds, that type of thing. And I was crushing it. I was doing really good because I'd prepared. I was, like I said, I was already in really good shape and, and do athletic stuff before that. But um, I went out there and uh, the great thing was when they interviewed me, they were originally going to call me Domino, like a pizza guy. And I, I walk in and I'm going, no, bro, my name is not Domino. My name is Malibu, bro. <laughs> oh, and they're like, yes. And they went, they just went nuts. And so that's kind of how the whole character was birthed, if you, if, so to speak, you know? Nice. So let me ask you this too. You mentioned Domino, like the pizza guy, right? But for me, right. when you say Domino, especially American Gladiators, what I'm getting is, and I love this movie. It was actually, you know, after I've seen the movie, um, I found out it was a Stephen King novel, but it was the running man. Right. And, oh, yeah. you know, there was a, you know, the, the, there was a guy who was named Domino. There was a, other people. Like I remember Jesse Ventura's character where he was like, going to come out of retirement. You know, he was like one of the, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Commentary was going to come out of retirement to go against Arnold's character, but like, was there like you know with everything going on over the years, like was there a time where you guys were like, man, are we really going out here? Like, did you guys ever fear for just kind of like not fear, but like, do you ever guys think about like how is our safety and our health going to be doing while we're doing this show? Yeah, you know, a good question. Um, to be honest with you, um, you you probably saw that. Uh insane human cannibal event i had where i got kicked off the podium yep. um yeah i mean you you tend to think about it but you're more interested in just character development i'm on this great tv show you're all excited um to me i didn't think anything about you know the injury factor and of course the very first day we filmed um i got a massive concussion from that human cannibal thing and then i had to have plastic surgery in my forehead and so every day i went back to work after that i was seriously <laughs> seriously considering retirement at that moment but you know at the, at the same time it's like man i got this golden opportunity it's a chance at a lifetime and uh i don't want to get replaced by somebody behind me so you just go out there you cowboy up and you you do the game so yeah it, after i got injured i thought about it quite a bit before that no not so much uh you know listening to other american gladiators i i me and uh, some of the guys interviewed uh Lori fedrick and we were talking like and i know her podcast kind of talks about like there was a lot more competition she thought with between the women gladiators and you guys, like, were you guys like kind of like a fraternity almost? Like, was there a lot of competition between you guys or you were just mostly can, you know, focus on the contestants? Yeah. You know, to me, I never felt there was, there was any kind of infighting with the guys. Um, I think everybody just was confident within themselves. I know for me, I had a totally different persona than most of the other gladiators. And so um, I never felt competition with the other guys, and I really never saw any cattiness between the, the other male gladiators. It seemed like it was more like you said, it was a, a fraternity, a, a men's club type of thing. And uh, yeah, I know the girls were pretty catty with each other, you know, several times throughout the show. But yeah, not not so much with the guys. Gotcha. Uh, a couple more questions about American Gladiators, and I definitely want to get into uh, acting and some other things that you've done as well, really well. Uh, for you, was there like... You know, sometimes when I'm talking to actors or writers or voice actors where it's like, hey, you know, and I know like you have the producers and they're going to say like, all right, this is what you're doing and all that other stuff. But like, did you guys ever think of like, 
you know, it'd be fun if we had this type of game or this type of contest in, in American Gladiators. Like, did you ever have something where you kind of spitballed with the team? Like, it'd be kind of cool if we did this type of event or did that ever happen or no? You know, we were so busy with the events that we were playing. Like, for instance, in one day, we would do five different games of Powerball. So it's against five fresh contenders every single time. So the bottom line was that we were so focused on just trying to get through the next contender and get to the next game. I don't think any of us really thought um, <laughs> of anything, you know, going forward. We just wanted to, you know, to survive basically. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going with the idea of like, you know, Monday morning quarterback or armchair quarterback where it's like, Oh, I could do this or I could, you know, throw a ball like Joe Montana or I could stretch yeah, right. it out. Probably, if, especially, I think more and more, people that probably wouldn't make it into the, you know, a major league sport being like, Oh, I'm going to sign up to be a contestant and go against these big guys. Right. And uh, these um, athletic women and athletic men and all that. Right. Did you guys get a sense of like, like <laughs> pointing out before a contest started, before you guys started shooting, like, was there guys that were like kind of talking more than they should? <laughs> oh my gosh. There was so much smack talk going on behind the scenes. You know, you what you said, you touched on something. Imagine being a frustrated athlete, you know, you just missed the pro tryouts or, you know, you made it up to pro football and you injured a hamstring, who, who knows, but you get these guys that are frustrated athletes that just like you said, armchair quarterbacks, they're going to sit there and they're going to play the game better than you. If I get a chance, I can kick that gladiator's butt. And so these guys come out with blood in their eyes, man. And, and it's like, okay, I'm doing this for America. America's rooting for me. So I got to take down one of those, cocky gladiators that's sitting up there thinking they're all cool you know so yeah, yeah we're, we're rather intimidated but you know i'll tell you the truth there was a couple of those guys that were popping off a little bit too much and so what we would do was we'd secretly take them off at a camera range and spank their butts really big bad off a camera and just beat them up really good so um they learned to, to humble themselves really quickly after we got a hold of them <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny man thanks for sharing that darren and I'm a big, um, you know, action movie uh, guy, you know, especially, like I said, 80s and 90s. I love those movies. One of the things that I loved growing up playing was Mortal Kombat. And you starred in um, Mortal Kombat, the movie Annihilation. The second one, you played Motaro. And for people who might not know, it's a, like Motaro is kind of like a minotaur, half man, half bull. Talk about your experience with that film. And the costume was probably hard to work in, right? Or no? Oh, you know, it's, it's interesting. So a, a couple of things. Um, to me, it was the it was the dream job of all time. I mean, because of course everybody knows Mortal Kombat. I was a big fan of the first film. I listened to the music when I was training. So to get an audition for this thing was like golden for me. Um, it took me five auditions. I had three interviews where I did my acting job, and uh, and then they had two fight auditions to make sure I knew how to do martial arts fighting for camera and stuff. And uh, when I booked it, it was just amazing. I mean, they took me right away to London. They did a, a life cast of my body. They, they plaster Paris cast my whole body, my head, so they could, you know, build all the prosthetics around, around that stuff. And um, so we got to travel from there. We went to, uh, let's see, Amsterdam, where, which was, that's a wild place all in itself. I mean, to tell you <laughs> stories about Amsterdam. <laughs> and so um, after Amsterdam, we filmed mostly in Thailand. And that's where I spent the bulk of my time was filming in Thailand, which was an amazing place to be. I mean, I remember, okay, so I remember looking out my window one day, this isn't a side note, but I'm looking out my five-story window of the hotel and I'm looking at like what would be their freeway 
and there's a guy sitting on an elephant just crossing the, the road. I'm going, that's not something you see every day in California. <laughs> so, it was like, we're definitely not in Kansas anymore, Toto. <laughs> so anyways, it was uh, super fun. And yeah, the costume was, it, it was um, difficult to work with because I had a back piece on, so I couldn't sit back. I couldn't sit in a chair. Then I have these elbow spikes on, so I couldn't put my elbows on a table. And uh, I had these horns that were, they spring loaded them so tight against my temples that I was getting these ripping migraine headaches every single day I wore that thing. So oh. it was by the end, by the end of each day, I literally had a migraine. I was taking these things off and like dreading, <laughs> dreading those horns every day. So yeah, it was, it was a long makeup process. It was about six hours on the makeup chair every morning and about two and a half hours to tear it down at night. So I was there way before everybody and I was staying late after everybody, but um, an experience that was absolutely amazing for me. Good on you, sir. That's awesome. And you know, you mentioned, you know, you, you like the first movie and you play the game and all that other stuff. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned the music because I, I'll sometimes today to this day, if I'm doing cardio or whatever, I'll listen to music and like the more combat theme song or some of the songs from the soundtrack, I'll definitely listen to one of my buddies, yep. Zach Rosenberg. He and I are big into video games. He's more, I'll be honest, he's more of a street fighter guy and I'm more of a mortal Kombat guy, but he'll always like shoot me an email or a text being like, Hey, the new mortal Kombat vinyl. Cause like, obviously vinyl's coming back, but it's like limited edition, like mortal Kombat vinyl. Right. So it's, it's just pretty cool to see you mention the music. One more, you know, one more question about mortal Kombat. Did you have a favorite? Because you obviously couldn't play Mataro, you know, as a character. You right, fought right. against him, but who was your go-to guy in Mortal Kombat if you did play? Man, uh, it, it was it was probably Raiden. I love right. Raiden, but I, but I, I mean, I thought Raiden was pretty bad to the bone, man. He was like yeah. the Thor character of of all those guys. <laughs> so I would say I would have to be Raiden. That'd be my guy right there. Nice. Talk about something that maybe a role or a project that you worked on that you're cause like, you know, when you, when I talk to actors or athletes or whatever, they are, their kids are growing up into that atmosphere and they, and they see, you know, their dad perform. And it's, so it's not like it's old hat, but it's almost like, yeah, this is what my dad does. He's an actor. He's an athlete or he's a musician. Right. But is there one thing that like maybe got your kids attention more than like other projects? Um, I would say, I, I stunt doubled a couple pro wrestlers. And so obviously pro wrestlers were a big deal for kids. Um, I stunt doubled Sting one time, and uh, nice. that was a lot of fun. And so I became actually friends with Steve, who's the greatest guy in the world. Um, and I tripled eight, I, I tripled uh, doubles Triple H for a WrestleMania commercial, which was really fun. I did a horse fall for him. Um, so yeah, that that was two of the highlights. And of course, when the kids found that out, they went, you know, they went crazy. <laughs> and 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 so to me, it was like. It's, it's funny exactly what you said. The kids that come up and want my autograph and they say, just sign Sting for me. I go, but I wasn't Sting. But yeah, you you were you were Sting. And I go, okay, fine. I was Sting. And I signed Sting, right? And uh, my daughters are just rolling eyes like, oh my gosh, it's just dumb old dads. <laughs> so what you're saying just totally cracks me up because that's exactly what it was like. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. One more question before we finish off with the Father at Quick Five. And again, I appreciate you being generous with your time. You know, I, I've read um, and I've listened to a couple of uh, interviews of, you know, that you had and, you you know, you talk about some people, especially in, in the entertainment industry, there's a lot of jealousy. I worked in the radio business. I know that there's egos and, you know, people are always looking over the other shoulder, seeing if someone's going to steal their gig or whatever. I get that. And it's right. competition, just like American Gladiators, like you said, even though it was like a fraternity, there were like contestants being like, oh, I can take I can take these guys. I can take them right. out. Right. Right. But, right. Right. Like, 
So I know that you've experienced some like just negativity sometimes in there, but let's talk about the positivity. Was there an actor or a director or a producer that you really bonded well with, or you had a great experience that you wouldn't mind sharing? Sure. Um, there was a time when I was doing, working on Batman forever, me and like five other stunt guys are sitting around talking about what stunt guys talk about, which is basically nothing. And um, there's an actor in camo fatigues away from us. And he, this guy's so little that he's wearing, he's drinking like a big gulp, right? From 7-Eleven. Yeah. And the big gulp was almost as big as this actor. And he just cruises over and I, he goes, Hey guys, what's going on? And it was Dustin Hoffman. And so he came out, he came over and just hung out with us. And I go, how cool is that, man? He's just cruised over, wanted to, you know, shoot the BS with the guys. And I thought, how cool. So yeah, he really, really impressed me. And another guy that super impressed me was Roddy Piper. Um, I had a great, great time with Roddy on a, a B film, but it was a really good B film. It was called Immortal Combat. So I did Mortal Combat and Immortal Combat with Roddy <laughs> <Nice>. Piper. <laughs> and um Roddy was such a good sport, man. There was a scene in there where we're fighting. And I said, Roddy, how about my character? He's this bad guy. I'll, let me lick your face and spit in your face. He goes, yeah, brother, that's a great idea. And I'm, I'm thinking he's going, you're nuts. You're never going to let it. You're never going to let me do that. So he was just a super cool guy. And I was also impressed that he loved his family. He was a family man. He had uh, like five or six kids or something. He loved them all. And I think to me, that's that was a measure of a man to me because he was a he was obviously very famous and uh, he still loved his kids and put his wife up there number one. So that was probably the most impressive uh, person I'd ever met. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I remember back, again, just saying like, oh, my, my, the era I grew up in was awesome. But Roddy Roddy Piper, we actually, uh, another podcast I had the, with the guys I do with radio um, that I used to be in radio with, we got to interview him years ago and he was just like a down to earth guy, loved sharing stories kind of like you said like dustin hoffman sitting down just like shooting the breeze like everybody knew each other and that's the type of camaraderie you want when you look at people who are like who have had successful careers you know right 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 all right, right. now we're gonna finish off the father quick five favorite family movie do you guys have one favorite fa okay well let's see i i, I this is this is I, I gotta say i i remember i don't know why i remember this so much but the lion king when i took my daughter to see the lion king nice. that was huge nice. and a second was little mermaid Okay, those are like one and two. So, you know, you can see the era of what that was, but it just takes me back when those girls were that golden age. They were, you know, it's like six and eight, and it's just precious, precious time for me. Oh, that's fantastic. Favorite genre of music, or is there an artist you couldn't wait to share with your kids with, like, when they got to a certain age to appreciate, like, hey, girls, check out this artist or check out this type of music? So definitely 70s and 80s rock, man. I, I just I, I just love 70s and 80s rock. Um I thought Motley Crue was just awesome. Um, I was into also Earth, Wind, and Fire, and and the Commodores and things like that. And so it was, it was, you know, those those that I really turned my daughters on to. And say that's what they listen to now, man. They they love all that seventies, eighties rocks and R and B with Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Ohio players and all that back in the day. I mean, to me, that was my groove, man. I, I still I still love that music. Nice. My youngest, she's uh, going to be thirteen uh, next month, and she uh, she plays a saxophone. But like she, ah. she's an old soul. Like she loves, you know, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder, all that good stuff. Oh yeah, I did show her. Like I did introduce her to the Gap Band, and I think especially yes. when um, uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, and that soundtrack came out, and there was different things like maybe the Jackson Five and all that other stuff. Yep. But there was a yep. lot of like '70s good funk and R and B yep. music, and like she yep. does. Like my daughters have 
great taste in music in the each like we'll all share music my wife and my daughters and i will share stuff but it's really cool when like you have the old soul that likes that certain type of music oh yeah <laughs> and she plays the sax okay i got an art she's my hero because sax is the coolest instrument of all time man that is just an awesome <laughs> instrument nice man i'll definitely tell her you said that and uh describe the perfect family vacation where would it be perfect family vacation you know i i gotta i gotta say a day on Venice beach with my girls and just going to the Santa Monica pier, hanging at the beach, walking on the boardwalk, you know, people watching, having a great time going on the, you know, on, on the pier and just riding the rides, playing some pinball and stuff. And so to me, that would be like the awesome day, you know, having some hot dogs with my girls and just having a great time. Oh, love that. And I, and I know that the next question is kind of geared towards American gladiators. And if it, if you don't have one, maybe you have it from a set that you worked on that they were like, yeah, cool, enjoy, take, you know, take this piece of uh, equipment or a piece of like wardrobe, whatever. But I know that American Gladiators, you guys were like, oh, it's shutting down. I was going to ask, like, did you ever take anything or did you have like your, like one of your costumes? But if you didn't have anything from American Gladiators, do you have something from like an, a set that you worked on that you kind of, because I'm a collector and I love, you know, paraphernalia and memorabilia and all that other stuff. Like, did you take anything that means a lot to you? There's a, there's a couple, like I actually, this is a funny story. Okay. Um, I took the teeth from the set of Mortal Kombat when I played Motaro, he had these really <laughs> wicked teeth. Right. And these things were expensive. So I just kind of, you know, I went, who's going to wear my teeth. They were made to my gum. So I used to wear the teeth and terrorize my daughters when they were young. I chased them around the house and my teeth in my mouth and my youngest kept saying, dad, you're scaring me, but she was laughing. Well, one day I went to the medicine chest to put them on and lo and behold, they were gone. And so I'm looking everywhere, and I, I said, anybody see my teeth? And she goes, yeah, Daddy, I flushed them down a toilet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he goes, you kept scaring me. I go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Look at her taking like, teeth, action man. in her own hands, right? And being like, yep, we're done. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, that, that to me was just like the all-time winner. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I love it because, it, 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 for me, it involves fatherhood and Mortal Kombat. So, yeah. to me, a win-win. I love it. Right. Um, and lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? I respect him. Oh, great three words right there. Darren, thank you so much for sharing uh, your fatherhood journey with me and my audience. Uh, I really enjoy chatting with you about acting, of course, American Gladiators. Uh, you know, I, I know that the ESPN documentary is out right now and you were talking about that, but you know, and we're obviously talking about American Gladiators, but I wish you and your family continued success. But again, thank you for taking the time and sharing uh, you know, the morals and, and the things you're looking to instill into your kids when they were growing up. But this meant a lot. So thank you, sir. Thank you, Art, so much. It was great being with you, man. And, and you rock, bro. I just want to tell you that. I love the fact that you're a great dad. So you're an awesome dude in my book, bro. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. God bless you, man. Yep. Thanks for checking out this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And also go to artoffatherhood.net. You can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly Dad's Doing It Right column, the Collector of the Week, and many more. Plus, you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games, collectibles, all that good stuff. Go to artoffatherhood.net and please make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts because I'll greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to theartoffatherhood.net.